0: Welcome to the Cheryl Broderson Podcast, encouraging and equipping you through the study of God's Word. This is a podcast taken from the Joyful Life Bible Study at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. So have you ever noticed how God likes to use small things to accomplish big purposes? We read just even in, you know, the second chapter of Genesis, how when God wanted to create His greatest creation, woman, that He took... You know, don't you you love the fact that God just, you know, he made a man. But when it talks about the woman, it tells you the whole process. Because we are works of art. So God takes this small portion from the side of man. Some believe it was a rib. And he creates this spectacular creature. So spectacular that when Adam sees her, he goes, whoa, man, this is good. So God used an aged, barren couple. One couple to create a nation as numerous as the stars. He used a shepherd's rod to part and create a pathway through the sea. A small stone to fell a giant. Five loaves of barley and two fish to feed a multitude. A mustard seed of faith to move a mountain. And one cross to save a world. God uses the small things to do great things. In Zechariah 4.10, and there we have Zerubbabel, who is, has been a captive in Babylon, probably born in Babylon, coming back now with a group of ragtag people to Jerusalem, tasked with rebuilding the temple of God, first having to clear away the rubble just to make a place to lay this foundation, lays this foundation. And we're told, you know, your biggest supporters, some are crying and some are happy. You know, it's not the type of support team you want. Like, man, it doesn't look like the old one at all. So small. And other people are like, hey, be happy. We're back in the land and we got a foundation. But there was like this mixed response. So he doesn't even have a cooperative team working with him. He doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the resources that Solomon had. And he's attempting to build the temple for the living God. And when they started to build, the army... Of Persia came against them and stopped them from building. Now the word of the Lord comes to him and says, start again, start again. And it comes through the prophet Zechariah and through the prophet Haggai. And apparently Zechariah was looking over, Zerubbabel was looking over what he had built so far and maybe disappointed in it, maybe thinking it's so little. For something that's supposed to be so great and monumental. And the prophet says, Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Many people regard prayer as a small thing, insignificant. Why? pray. I've told you before about Rosalind Goforth, who had been this missionary in China. God had worked miraculously. In fact, there's a book called A Thousand Miles of Miracles, which is about her life with her husband, Jonathan Goforth, and just the incredible things that God did for them. But she was asked to speak at a Presbyterian conference in Canada, and the pastor warned her, saying, whatever you do, don't speak on prayer because nobody believes in it anymore. We all know that it's just a waste of time. And so she went back and she wrote a book, which I highly recommend, called How I Know God Answers Prayer. And in it, she just placed the prayer request and the answer. Prayer request, answer. Prayer request, answer. Documenting just from the time she was even young, before she met Jonathan, all the way to everything God did for them in China, miraculous. For some people, prayer is inactivity, uh, what you do when you don't do anything else, non-commitment, futile, powerless. Um, I had one person who asked me, what are you doing about this situation? And I said, well, I'm praying. And they said, isn't that like saying be warmed and filled? I said, only if you don't understand the power of prayer. Oswald Chambers said, prayer is the work. In fact, it's the hard work. Mary Slessor said prayer is the dynamite. Mary Slessor was a missionary in Africa. If you don't know about her, listen to Women Worth Knowing. Look up, Mary Slessor. But she said prayer is the dynamite that opens up the road for God's work. Prayer is the dynamite. Some think it's too small to bother with, and then they view the confirmations of prayer as insignificant or coincidental. But to those of us who pray and see the signs, it is confirmation that the Lord hears and he's working. Years ago, Brian and I, it's very many years ago, uh, 1996, uh, Brian and I were feeling stirred that the Lord was calling us to England. And this was like a crazy undertaking because we had a church of about 3,000 people that were very happy. We were incredibly loved by that congregation. We had a school and our kids were all in the school and our, son, our youngest son would be starting kindergarten the following year. Uh, our house, our payments were like $800 a month. Um, that included like taxes. I mean, it was just, and it was a gorgeous house, we loved our neighbors, had a great backyard, had a golden retriever that we absolutely adored. Um, Brian was only four miles from the beach, like the exact surf spot was like you go out and you go down four miles and he could just park the car and surf to his heart's delight. It was, we had just, it was great. It was a great, great, great church Great, great house, great existence. In fact, such a great house that the pastor and his wife Avista bought it from us because they loved it so much. It was my favorite house I've ever lived in. But I remember um, the Lord stirring my heart that you've got to let it go. You've got to let it all go. You're going to move to England, and you're going to start a church there. It was a huge, huge undertaking, leaving everything that was secure. Not only that, but some of you might know that my dad got up and said the most terrible thing in the whole wide world was happening to him, and he wouldn't tell anyone what it was. They thought my mom had cancer, but it was actually that I was moving to England with his grandkids, and that's how he saw it. I was you know, moving to England with his grandkids. <laughs> so we definitely, we needed confirmation. Because you know, nothing was secure. We didn't know where we were going. We'd never lived in England before. And most people thought we were crazy, including my father. But one day, as we prayed, we said, Lord, please give us confirmation that this is your will. We don't want to be out of your will. Especially when Chuck Smith doesn't think it's God's will. You're like, is it God's will? <laughs> yeah. My mom's like, ignore my tears. It's God's will. She told me that she had always she had been praying for England. she had had such a burden for over twenty years for England, and she was telling me, I had the burden. I prayed. it's all my fault. I never knew this was going to be the cost. It was It was hard, so we need a confirmation to uproot our four children and move to England. Our daughter who was fifteen, our son who was thirteen. And then we had a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. And what's worse than that is I was going to have to homeschool them. And for me, that was like the that was the worst part. And so we were like, "Lord, give us confirmation that this is Your will." So this one morning, we're getting ready because Brian's got a funeral that I'm. Um, we're both going to go to this funeral that's at the church. And Brian goes to pull out a shirt out of his closet, and he goes, Cheryl. I'm like, what? He goes, it's Oxford. It's an Oxford. I'm like, I didn't even know you owned an Oxford. So we're like, ha, ha 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 ha. And then I go to the drawer to get something out. And I pull out these three by five cards, and I'm like, they're Oxford ruled. And we're laughing. But like we're like, maybe. Maybe. And then we go, now we lived in we lived in Oceanside and we're going into Vista. Vista, most people haven't even heard of Vista, but that's where our church was. So we're driving into Vista, and we're driving past our old neighborhood, which was not a posh neighborhood at all. In fact, (laughs) that's an understatement. And out pulls this Rolls-Royce. And we're like, oh my goodness, it's a Rolls-Royce. But then we realized it had English license plate. And the, the steering wheel was on the right side which is the wrong side. But there it was. Sorry, Trish. But we're just like, oh my goodness. This is the Lord. This is the Lord. Then we go to the church and we meet an English couple at a funeral. We didn't even know this guy knew English people. And we're talking to them and we're like, please come. So I'm so excited about the signs and too, too. this is confirmation. We know it's the Lord, right? And then about Oh, three months later, I'm at a retreat, and I have this best friend who's just so excited about what the Lord's doing and the signs, you know, ox- and so she's telling it at this table. She, a shirt that's an Oxford, and an Oxford World Cards, I mean, the Lord is just showing her so much, and so this woman comes up to me and goes, you think you're going to England? Y- y- the confirmation, Oxford shirt, Oxford cards, you know, a Rolls-Royce with English license plates. And then there was also a truck that was stalled out that said England. And, And an English couple, seriously? And I'm like, well, when you put it like that, you know, doesn't sound like it felt to us. But you see, faith feels differently. Faith sees things differently. It hears things that nobody else hears. It Feels what nobody else feels, and it just knows. I want to. Um, I want to remind you that Jesus said to those who pray, in Mark thirteen thirty three, He said to watch and pray. Have you ever wondered, like, how do you watch and pray, like, Dear Lord? You know, do you keep one eye open and one eye shut? This is how we pray. I'll never forget when I was a little kid. I'm like, Jeffrey's got his eyes open, Dad, while you're praying. And my dad's like, and how do you know? It's like, Oh. Paul told the Ephesians to pray always with watchfulness in Ephesians 6.18. And Peter wrote, but the end of all these things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. 1 Peter 4.7. So how are you watchful in your prayers? I believe it's this. I think you're watching for confirmation. For just something that the Lord is at work. I was praying about a situation... And I had felt that the Lord told me to fast. So I had fasted the first day, and it was the next morning, and I thought, this situation's not over. I still felt that heaviness, you know, that heaviness. And so I'm back on my knees, and I'm praying, literally on my knees praying. I made Kathy Gilbert and our other friend, Hootie come over and pray with me. And they prayed, and um, still it wasn't broken, Then the next day, I got up and it was my third day of fasting and I was somewhere in mid-afternoon and I'm praying and all of a sudden in my spirit, I felt like the thing had been broken by the Lord. It was this release. It was like the oppression lifted and it was the release and I knew I was heard by the Lord and I knew the Lord was going to work. And I went on in that confidence without any other sign but that feeling of release. Three months later the whole thing that I've been praying about it was, it started, it was completed everything that I felt um, God wanted to do, everything I was praying was done three months later. But I had walked in the confidence like I'm not worried, I'm not concerned. I prayed, I have my promise from God. It's done. It is done. I remind you again of the great distinction. We read it in our notes this week of Elijah's life from James 5, 17 and 18. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. What is our nature like? Fearful, doubting, you know, human. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. That is a long drought. We have never experienced a drought like that in California. Three and a half years without any precipitation. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit, which is also a miracle. We read that Elijah prayed, but what we see in our text this week is that Elijah watched and prayed. What does it look like to watch and pray? It's to be on the alert for confirmation that God is working. Now, Elijah already had told Ahab, there's gonna be rain. You better get back to Samaria as fast as you can because I hear the abundance of rain. But yet he set himself to pray. He went back to the top of Carmel where the contest with the prophets of Baal had been, where the God who is true answered by fire. And he got on his knees with his head between his his, um, knees and he began to pray. Now, we don't know how long this was. It could have been um, an hour. It could have been three hours. But whatever he did, he was praying. And then he'd say to his servant, Go, go, go check, go check, you know, go look over towards the Mediterranean. And the servant would go over and look and say, There's nothing, crystal clear sky, nothing. And he's like, Okay, okay, <laughs> go check. Nothing. Okay, okay. Check again. Seven times. But on the seventh time, as the servant scans the Mediterranean, he sees something so minuscule. He sees a cloud, a tiny, tiny cloud. Now, we need rain. And he sees a tiny, tiny cloud. Imagine from that distance. It's about... um, roughly 28, 30 miles, like from here to Catalina. Like, see if you could see a little tiny cloud rising over Catalina. It was a distance like that, but clear, crystal clear. And he sees something so minuscule, like, I think it's a cloud, but man, if it is, it's like the size of a man's hand. So he goes to Elijah and goes, I saw a cloud but it's the size of a man's hand. And it just jumps up and goes, hallelujah. (laughs) Go tell Ahab that he better get his chariot and get in there and get home because the rains are coming. Now, chariots, as you might remember from the story of the Red Sea and the story of Deborah and Barak, Chariots do not do well on muddy roads. They can't get any traction. It's hard to steer. Remember, that's how um, Israel was able to defeat Sisera and his army was because the Brook Kishon, which is just at the bottom of Mount Carmel, the Brook Kishon overflowed that whole Jezreel Valley, and that's where um, Sisera's 900 Chariots got mired in the mud and Israel took the victory that day. So chariots do not do well in mud, just like your car does not do well in a muddy ditch. So he was saying, look, you need to get home while it's still dry because there is going to be so much rain. Now, I don't know if Ahab believed this or not. He was eating and drinking. He gets up. But I'll tell you this. Samaria is probably about, um, it's about 35 miles, 50 kilometers from Mount Carmel. So Elijah's somewhere about, I mean, Elijah's on Mount Carmel. Ahab's somewhere in the perimeter of Mount Carmel. And the servant says, you need to get, you need to get home because it's, the rain's going to pour down on you. Now, Ahab only made it 16 miles to Jezreel. He came into the entrance of Jezreel. But Elijah, by the hand of the Lord, he girds up his, his tunic. And that means like they would grab this and they would tie it up, men would, so they could run. So he's, you know ties it up, and he starts running by the hand of the Lord. Now, think about this. Elijah is running in the rain because we're told that the sky is thick with black clouds, and the rain is just coming down. Remember yesterday? Do you know they told us there would be no rain this week? It was going to be sunny all week long, and I don't know about you, but yesterday I saw some clouds over the horizon, and they were about the size of a uh 80 men's hands I mean there were so many and I thought you know what it's gonna rain today I knew what meteorologists didn't know <laughs> but the the sky all of a sudden I remember yesterday driving and the sky's black with clouds and they're like it's coming so suddenly the sky is black with clouds Ahab's on his chariot and the rain begins to pour down and he's on this road so it's getting like a hard journey and he's thinking i better just turn in at Jezreel and he gets there and can you imagine there's Elijah going can you imagine just i think that that's why the lord just to remind elijah this isn't because of baal this is god God did this. You know, I love it. My kids, you know, when I was little, I, they would something, I would pray for them, and they, they would say, Mom, it happened. I said, because I prayed. This is God. God did this. And they'd be like, uh-huh, there she goes again. My mom did the same thing to me, so I was like, you pass it on what you learned." <laughs> and I remember you know, um, just saying, this is God. You guys, open your eyes. This is God. This happened because of God. He loves you so much. You know, it's so important to point out answered prayers to our children. Do you know that? Here's one more story that's not in my notes. Of course, two haven't been. This is the third that what is not. When Kristen was a little, little girl, I told her not to take off her shoes. You know those kids that always take their shoes off and was in the front of the stroller? She was one of those. So I told her, don't take it. These were her favorite shoes. They were strawberry shortcake shoes, and she loved them. They could squeak. Um, and I had baby uh, char, baby char, baby <laughs> pastor char. And we were at the mall, and I had gone into the mall. I had gone shopping, and all of a sudden I looked down and, We're about to leave, and she's like, Mommy, my shoes are gone. And I said, Kristen, I told you not to take them off. She goes, I know. Dear Jesus, please give me back my strawberry shortcake shoes. And I'm like, you know what? Do what you want. She's three, you know? That was my prayer to the Lord, because if you don't give them back, it's a good lesson to obey Mom. You know, if you give them back, it's mercy, and it's impossible. So we're going through Penny's, JC Penney's. I didn't walk into JC Penney's. I had not been into JC Penney's that day at all. But I'm walking out through JC Penney's. And she's like, Mom, ask them. I go up to these saleswomen. I said, You didn't find a strawberry shortcake shoe. And they're like, We did. <laughs> and she's like, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm like, that's only one shoe. You're still missing another one. As we're going to the car, and I walked a different route to the car, she's like, Mom, there it is. We look down, and there's a strawberry shortcake shoe. And she's like, Praise Jesus. Yes, three years old. Jesus gave me back. Thank you, Jesus. The whole way back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm just like, Yes, thank you, Jesus. You know? <laughs> When she was moving up to Santa Rosa with Michael, and they were going to take a church there, I said something to her about the Lord. I mean, she's like 24, and she said, I know, Mom, I still remember the strawberry shortcake shoes. Prayer. Prayer. We need to remind our children and our children's children that we have a God that answers prayer to teach them to look for the confirmations that God is answering. I can see the smiling prophet standing at the gate of the city drenched with rain, where Ahab's like, ah, it's raining and it's been such a terrible trip here. And he's like singing in the rain just singing in the rain what a glorious feeling I'm you know he's just rejoicing in what God has done because the reaction to the work of the Lord is different isn't it you could be like me like I was gonna be a teaching moment or you can be like, praise the Lord, he gave us back the strawberry shortcake shoes because he's merciful and gracious. Prayer might seem small to some, but it matters big time to God. It was prayer that stopped the rain for three and a half years. It was prayer that brought the fire of God that drenched and uh, consumed a drenched sacrifice It was the prayer that turned a tiny cloud into a huge, heavy, drenching rainstorm. Now think about this. A cloud the size of a man's hand was unnoticed by most people, meant nothing to most people, and even seemed insignificant to Elijah's servant. But to Elijah, because he was praying, it meant the drought was over, it meant that God heard his prayer. It meant that God was having mercy on Israel. It meant that God had answered. And it meant that the people's hearts had turned back to Yahweh. Elijah's prayers has certain qualities. Let me say this. It was short and interrupted. Seven times. He looked up to have his servant check. It was interrupted. You know, sometimes we're thinking, oh, that one didn't count. Let me try it again. (laughs) The phone rang. And all of this was in a day, as well as the trip to Jezreel. His prayer was continuous, it was ongoing. He did not stop praying until he received the confirmation. How long do you pray? Until you receive the confirmation. You'll feel it in your heart. As I said, I knew that thing was broken. Or you'll see a sign. You keep praying until. Somebody gave this illustration. How long do you wait for the train at the train station? Until it comes. Until it comes. Until you get on it. You know, Jesus told us to pray, Thy kingdom come. How long are we to pray, thy kingdom come? Until it comes. Until it comes. You know, I pray for peace for Jerusalem all the time. But I know that peace is predicated on the Messiah, Jesus coming. So for me, it's really exciting. Like, yes, Jesus come. Take over Jerusalem and Israel. We pray till it happens. It was continuous. And it was sincere. He was committed to pray to the God he knew believed in, and had spoken to him. Where is the drought in your life? Where's the dry place? Where's that patch or that place that there has been no rain, no life? What's that dead place that there's no sign of life? Is it someone you know? Is it in your own heart like our own life like this thing or that thing? Do you long to hear the sound of abundance of rain? Then pray. It's that simple. Continue to pray. It's that essential. Look up for the confirmation. It's that important. Believe God's word. It's non-negotiable. Keep praying until you see or receive the sign. Keep praying. God speaks. God works. You know, we still have signs that God gives us. Personal signs, sometimes misunderstood by others. But God still... We had this woman, she called K-Wave, and she said, is it possible that God's giving me this sign? I keep seeing this white owl outside my window, and uh," and brains like, He's looking at me because they can't see always. He's giving me this look like, like, is this a live one? And all of a sudden, I was like, God prompted my heart. and said, remember the death. And I was, I was right out there. You can see it out the window. And I was on the phone with my mom. One miracle was my mom was having a lucid moment. It was, like, incredible because my mom didn't have that many lucid moments. And I was telling her what was going on, and she said, you know, go in and talk to your father right now. And it was this thing, and this dove kept coming right next to me, like a dove next to me, like touching me. And so, you know, being me, I'm moving away from the dove. (laughs) Get away, dove. You know, and what happens? The dove moves over right next to me, and I'm like, And the dove comes over and nestles next to me again. So I get up like I'm not even going to sit because I was on that that curb out there. I'm not sitting on this thing you know beyond under the jacaranda trees. Doves like this place. So I moved over here and I was leaning on that bar right there and the dove comes and perches on the bar next to me and I'm like oh man this dove I'm on the phone won't leave me alone. Um, I was talking to a friend, and she's like, Cheryl, it's the anointing of the Lord. It's a sign. And I'm like, are you a sign? (laughs) And I felt it was confirmation. The Lord said, I'm with you. I've anointed you. You're supposed to do this. I went in, I talked to my dad. You know, it was even... I had a great relationship with my dad, unless it was something to do with the women's ministry or coordinating... um, Weddings at Calvary. And then I was his employee, and it was different. I mean, I didn't. Like, my sister used to say, never be dad's employee. It's just a whole different relationship than child. You know, it's like master to slave as opposed to father to daughter. It was not pleasant. But I remember he was so gracious, and he's like, I see it. You're right. Everything I said. And besides that, your mother just called. So it was <laughs> amazing. Look for the confirmation. God has confirmation for each of us. Don't think, oh, it only happens to Cheryl. Doves, she's so spiritual. No, white owls. I ran into that lady. Um, I was doing a retreat, and she came up to me, and she said, do you remember me? Um, uh, does my voice sound familiar? I said, no. She says, I'm the white owl lady. And she told me this whole story of how God used that. It was Amazing! I don't remember it because that's me, but it was amazing at the time. Remember, God turns small things into big things. It might look like the tiniest, most insignificant confirmation or cloud, but to the one who prays, it is the sign that the storm, the storm is on its way. God is to pour, about to pour down And relieve the drought. But remember, it says not only that the the rain came down, but it said that it produced fruit in James. It produced fruit. It didn't just rain down. It had a purpose. It produced fruit. God is about to pour down, filling the wadis with water, making the streams flow, and making the crops burst in abundance. It's time to pray. Father, we thank you that you hear prayer. We thank you that prayer is a venue that you have chosen for us because anyone can pray. And because you listen to prayer, especially the prayers of faith, Father. We thank you that you listen And you work, and you even care. You're such a great God about a little girl's strawberry shortcake shoes. You're so good. You're so great. Father, in response to how good you are, and all you do, and all you want to do, will you work in our hearts to become women who pray, who pray about more than parking places, who pray about everything, much to the consternation of our children and husbands and this world, because you are the God who works. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.